0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Short Staff Podcast. This is season two, episode five. We're going to be looking at the spiritual discipline of service, and it is a joy to have our brother, uh, our uh, also a pastor friend of ours, uh, present who just preached a sermon on the spiritual discipline of service. And so it is good to have you, Pastor Glenn. Uh, welcome aboard. Although you do
1: uh,
0: exceed the height I requirement, I to
1: say we can't we can't have you. Yeah. How tall are you, Glenn? 6'2". Six 6'2". Two. Six Six two. Two. Oh, you're, you're way above the mark. <laughs> you're,
0: you're me and Pastor Tony together. Uh, it has been a, a fun uh, journey through the spiritual disciplines thus far, and uh, I love preaching. Uh, my favorite thing about preaching is the time studying in the Word and studying from good godly brothers uh, who've thought about these things um, a lot, much, much longer and much more in-depth than I, looking through commentaries and stuff. And so, Pastor Glenn, you had a rich time uh, studying for this past sermon. Why don't you share a couple things that you learned in the Word and uh, from some of the brothers that you uh, have been learning from this past couple weeks.
2: Okay, when, when I was a real young fellow, we lived in Oak Ridge for a while. Like most everybody uh, watching or listening today will probably know where Oak Ridge is. Yeah. Um I had one of the greatest joys, my brothers and brother and I, every Saturday we would walk about uh, two hundred yards from our house down to Jefferson Circle. We lived close to Jefferson Circle. And they had what was called um the Little Adams Club. The Little Adams Club. Little Adams Club, yeah, and uh and what this was for was just uh, kids of people who worked at that time in building the Oak Ridge facilities, all their plants and their buildings and that sort of thing. But this was to keep the kids occupied and have something to do. So every Saturday morning, my brother and I would go down there, and uh, I would give the man who who was in charge for the day a, a dime, and my brother would give him a dime. So for ten cents, we got to go to the movie. The movies cost uh, nine cents, and the other penny went to buy us a sucker and so <laughs> just yeah that was it <clears throat> and uh the reason I'm telling this story is because I always wanted to be a cowboy <laughs> and um, that's what most of this was about we always we had to learn the song, and uh so we we could have used grant back in that time, I suppose but um uh, they would the man would get up on the stage, no movie but but the fellow, and he he would welcome everybody and hoop and holler and carry on, you know, and make it real great. And then we had to sing the song. And the song was, Hail, hail the gang's all here with the Little Adams Club, with the Little Adams Club. Hail, hail the gang's all here. Let the music start right now. And then they would start, and we had to learn a few songs. I I know you're wondering, what has this got to do with anything? (laughs) One of the things that, the, the writer of our book, Don, uh, did not, or that he talked about, was the Pony Express. And and I remember as a little boy wanting to be a member of the Pony Express. Yeah, I thought yeah. I thought in those um, cowboy movies, Red Rider, Lash LaRue, people that nobody ever heard of anymore today. But right in the middle of those, there there would be uh, the Pony Express come riding up, you know. And, right, yeah. and he, this fellow would jump off of his horse, jump on another horse and take off. And uh, so Don Whitney then, he used that as an example of something I didn't mention in my message and didn't really study it a whole lot because uh, it really was part of my life. And here's what he told us about. He was telling us that, uh, well, I I don't want to put too much into it or or more than what he he did, but he was telling us, whoever was reading the book, that uh, from in, for 19 months, in 1860 and 1861, the Pony Express was doing its job and in, in taking the mail uh, across about 2,000 miles uh, from Missouri to California. And, uh, and these riders that, uh, that had that particular job, um, he, he brought up the subject of, wonder what they thought when they went to sign up for, for one of these jobs to ride the Pony Express, and he he was saying that those men were obligated to ride um, on their pon their ponies carrying the, the mail. Um, that they had uh, anywhere from 75 to 100 miles to cover each day, hmm. but they changed horses about every 15 miles or so. That sounded kind of weird, you know. All right, so here, here they come. Like I said, they, and he would stop the horse, jump off, jump on another horse, take off hard as you could go. They rode day and night. Hmm. And so the thing that, that he was talking about was that uh, these fellas did not know about the Indian attacks and didn't know uh, about all the hardships that could be involved and would be involved right. in carrying out their job in just doing the things that their job required. And so then Don Whitney said that we need some reality checks about serving the Lord, too, mm. about uh, serving people in the name of the Lord and, and all that. So uh, uh, I thought that we might just look at a thing or two concerning this. I did not deal with uh, John chapter 13 when Jesus uh, washed the feet of his disciples. Right. and um, What an example. Yeah. And, and how much humility it really took. And mm-hmm. he, would, he was the, the epitome of that that it took for him to wash the feet of, of his disciples. But then of course he went ahead and told them that, uh, that was going to be their responsibility too. you. What, what you've seen me do, then, uh, uh, you're going to be expected to do also. So, um, he says, uh, if I have washed your feet, you ought also to wash one another's feet. I know that that's, that is, uh, something that everybody watching knows or everybody hearing this knows.
0: So, um, there we go. Just. I, I really like that uh, illustration that you brought out. Um, Jesus told us to do something very similar in, in another illustration. He said uh, how foolish it is for a man to go about building a tower, and then uh, he starts uh, his, his way in, in construction, and then he realizes he doesn't have the resources to finish it. Yeah. Th- those men who signed up for that job to carry out uh, right. their duty, um, they didn't know everything that was involved, but they saw their commitment and their follow-through as important. Whenever we go to serve and engage in in serving our our brothers, our uh, our neighbor, our community, our our family, it's going to take sacrifices. It's going to take some things that we didn't expect when we signed up to follow the Lord, but the Lord has told us, just like you said, uh, I've served you, you, go and do likewise. And, uh, Man, may we have that kind of commitment that whenever we meet a hardship, that we just carry on.
1: You know, the thing that, uh, that I admire most about Pastor Glenn is, is I've known him uh, since I was a, a teenager uh, when he came and, and preached a revival at my home church. And then later, as I became a pastor in the same association uh, with him where he was serving, is that he's always been known as, uh, as a servant leader. And, uh, you know, if we're going to be like Christ, uh, it's not by being a CEO, Mm. you know, it's not by lording it over our congregations. It's going to be by leading by example. And Mm -hmm. uh, we are never more like Christ than when we are serving one another. And, you know, you read repeatedly about Christ and he said, I didn't come to be served or to be ministered to. But to serve and to minister hmm. and to give my life a, a ransom for and uh, for many. So when you, when you think about the you know the the Lord of Glory, as you said, washing feet. Mm-hmm. You know Peter. Peter immediately said, "No, Lord, you're not going to wash." He understood mm-hmm. that that this this was beneath, well beneath mm-hmm. uh, his master uh, to do this. And so, no, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. Uh, but the humiliation uh, and uh, and the example that Christ set in in doing that with his disciples is uh, is certainly, and he he needed to teach them that because how often in the gospels would he be talking about his own death uh, his his cross, and they would be arguing over who 's the greatest mm-hmm. and he would remind them the one that 's the greatest is not the one who has the most servants. But the one who's the greatest is the one who serves. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it's an upside down. Uh, the, the Christian worldview is unlike anything in the world because we're called to serve. Mm-hmm. We're, we're called uh, to give our life and to be more concerned about the needs of others. All of this is radically different than the worldview that, that oh, yeah. is out there in the world. Looking out for number one. Number one, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, if you don't toot your own horn, it won't get tooted. All those things we hear, you know, that's, that's the philosophy of the world. Yeah. But, uh, but the Christian worldview is radically different, and the way, uh, the way up is down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and the way to be great is to, uh, to find places and ways mm-hmm. to serve. And, um, you know, I, I picked up this little book on my way here. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a great book by John MacArthur entitled Slave. And you you talked about in your sermon how many times that the word servant is and serving is found in scripture, and uh, and a lot of times that word servant. John MacArthur would argue, and I, I think he's right, that if it wasn't for the slavery issue in the in the English speaking world, that word would have been translated slave. Mm-hmm. It, it got translated servant mm-hmm. because of uh, of all the attachment that the word slave had. Yeah. Uh, to slavery and, and and that situation, but that's actually what we are. We we are to be a slave. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. and so a servant may choose uh, which master he works for. He may choose uh, what uh, task that he does. Or, but a slave hmm. has no rights and and is totally mm-hmm. uh, to be obedient and submissive to the master. Yeah. And uh, and I think. A lot of times we forget that. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. That, you know the, the bond servant. We hear th- those words, but, but it's actually, I mean, you have absolutely no rights mm. uh, as a slave.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. coming from that dichotomy. We were
0: born <clears throat> slaves to sin. Yes, absolutely. And slaves yeah. to sin. We're going to have a master.
1: Yep. And it's that master
0: things. is the self. We're in right. for self-glorification. Yeah. We're sacrificing others for our own sakes. Uh, but then when we come to Christ, well, we're still a slave, but we're now a slave, slave. to Christ. That's exactly right. And that that new heart that we're given, right. being in Christ, uh, allows us to actually
1: supplant the self right. with Christ and others. Um, so that rather than using others to meet my needs, I'm sacrificing, I'm, I'm sacrificing myself, myself to meet the for needs the of good them. of my neighbor. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's a certainly... Um, Only the gospel can transform the heart to do that. Takes the work of the spirit.
0: Yeah, amen. I figured we could spend much of our time uh, in this episode uh, speaking very practically to service. Uh, There's so many passages we could could go to. um, But uh, one thing that I don't want us to miss is a a rich opportunity just for our listeners to be able to hear of some ways that they can um, just immediately get to work serving one another. Um, and so let's go through some types of service, some people, some circles that we can uh, just go ahead and jump right in and begin serving. Uh, first, being our neighbor in our community. I mean, you think about the passages, let your light shine among men, right? Mm-hmm. Be, be right. salt and light um, so that when people see our good deeds, they'll glorify right. our Father in heaven. And so what are some ways and that— the great w- commandment. The great, yeah. Love, love God and then love and your, your neighbor, neighbor as, as yourself. yourself. Yeah. yeah. So there's no end in Bible references that speak of serving and loving our neighbor. But how can we go about doing that in our day-to-day lives?
2: Well, look around and see what needs to be done. Yeah. See who's, Step hurt, who's hurting, who, yeah. who has loss in the family and where mm. the needs are and yeah. just get busy doing
1: that. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I think that that's the beginning point is, is having our eyes open mm. uh, to the need you know when jesus gave i shared this at a graveside yesterday uh of a gentleman who from all testimony that i could hear about his life his whole life was spent as a caregiver mm-hmm. and uh i'd never shared the parable of the good samaritan at a funeral before but but i shared it yesterday and uh, when, when when the samaritan looked at this man who was bleeding broken he looked upon him with eyes of compassion <clears throat> Uh, the uh, the priest and Levite looked at it. He saw, but mm-hmm. they did not see with those same mm-hmm. eyes of compassion. Yeah, and so um, having knowledge of a need makes us then responsible. Mm-hmm. For how we respond. What, what do we do with this now that we've been made aware? There's a ton of needs out there I never know about. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, you know, there, there can, my, my neighbor could literally be starving next door mm-hmm. and I have no knowledge of it. Mm-hmm. But once I have knowledge of it, mm-hmm. then the question comes, w- will I respond mm-hmm. in, yeah. Uh, yeah. in compassion and love? Right. And so uh, when it comes to your neighbor, you know, <laughs> and that's interesting because that, that passage flows out of a lawyer trying to justify himself who then is my neighbor neighbor. right Right. so when we talk about this we're not just talking about the guy who lives next door to you and across the street Mm -hmm. a neighbor is anyone who has need that i have the ability you're made aware of that that i can meet right so
2: james talked a lot about that oh absolutely Absolutely. yeah that
1: yeah yeah the 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 works and the faith uh thing in james you know what, what good does it do to say to someone be warmed and be filled yeah. if you don't give them a blanket and something to eat. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: yeah. I think there's also a way that we can set up our lives to where we're more oblivious to the needs of others yeah. and uh, on the contrary, where we can be more aware of the needs of others. Absolutely. If you live just very kind of to yourself, when I, when I get in the car, I've got my music on, I'm putting my earbuds on when I'm walking to my desk and then I'm in front of my screen I might say hi to Becky at the water cooler, but then I'm getting back to what I'm doing. Not really aware right. or trying to engage with Absolutely. others. That's, that's hard for me. I'm, I'm introverted. Uh, but something the Lord has convicted me of is how many opportunities I miss just in sharing the gospel because I haven't even done that right. first step of yeah, being I've in their life. I've often said the
1: garage door opener has been one of the most mm. detrimental things to knowing your neighbor. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you you're you're out in the yard and you wanting to interact with your neighbor. The garage door goes up. He he grabs his mail out of the box. He pulls in. He doesn't even get out. He's already pushed That's the right. button and the door's back down. Yeah. You know. Whereas before you you were out in the yard, you sit on the porch with your neighbor. You talked yeah. at the fence. Mm. Uh, you've got to really be intentional. Yes, you do now. Yeah. Now nowadays, absolutely. So um,
0: pray, seek the Lord. Try to set up your life to be where you can be in other people's lives and where they can be in your own. Um, And whenever you're made aware of a need, get to work. That's it. Get to work. Now, our brothers in Christ and our sisters in Christ, uh, we have a little bit more explicit commands because brother and sister, that terminology, that familial terminology in the first century is so loaded with importance. As your, your, your closest family member. And so whenever the Bible... Um, calls us brothers and sisters. It's really emphasizing our new relationship in the Lord. And uh, Paul says in Galatians 5.13 that we ought to serve one another. He he just called us brothers and sisters there. And we ought to serve one another in love. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're added on to just our general command to uh, love and serve our neighbor all the more now that we're family in Christ. So um, what are some ways that being now family in Christ gives us more
1: opportunities to serve within the body of Christ. Yeah, I think that when you're talking now about your faith family, you know, and you do have the, the obligation uh, to, to all mankind, but it, then it, it says, and especially those yeah. that are of the household right, of, of faith. Yep. And so you do have a, a more um, intimate knowledge, you should have anyway, mm-hmm. uh, and this is something that the church has to always work. If we all come in and we put up our facade and yep. we don't get real with each other, That's then great. we really don't know what the needs are and how to minister. But the more um, intimate the the body of faith is in sharing details and sharing what's going on in their hearts, letting their guard down because we're family. Um, and I've seen this with, with in the last... Uh, Eight to ten years, a small group of about twelve guys that I meet with on Thursday, and uh, you know I, I I know the whole congregation, but I know mm-hmm. these twelve guys a mm-hmm. little bit deeper, yeah. Because in our prayer time, they're they're transparent with each other, yeah, and yeah. so I, I know what they're struggling with, what they're working through, and and so you're able to minister to a different level, mm-hmm. and so I would encourage you know uh, Christian people. Um, and And this is frightening sometimes for people, but to be real and to be genuine mm-hmm. and to let your your needs and your your hurts uh, let those be known so that the body of Christ can respond mm-hmm. um, you know when when there 's something when there 's an attack going on in your physical body, the white blood cells all of a sudden ramp up and there 's an increase of them they come and fight off that infection yeah and in the body of Christ if one of our brothers or sisters are under attack mm-hmm. we need to rise up mm-hmm. and we yeah. need but you got to know that yeah. and so yeah. you got to be transparent and and let people know what's going on mm-hmm. right.
0: that's yeah. true and you got to be present yeah you got to be present i mean there's a reason
1: um, right. not
0: to neglect the assembling yeah. together it's somewhere yeah. in the habit of doing. that's where we
1: were this Sunday yeah yep.
0: there's so much that rides on that command so many commands yeah. that you don't even get the opportunity to obey if you right. don't obey that first one,
1: right? Um, yeah, you can't do the, you can't do the, the one another's of scripture if you're, uh, if you're not here.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. So. And, uh, uh, I believe it's James who says, if you know what is good and you don't do it, it is sin. sin. And, uh, so if you know, Hey, I should be doing all these other things and you neglect the, the prior thing, which right. enables you to do them, then yeah. uh, you've just stacked on a lot of neglect. Right. Um, and so uh, absolutely, We've got to be transparent. We've got to be open. Um, and then um, uh, be present and all the more in each other's lives as we are. Mm-hmm. That's fitting yeah. when you're part of a covenant community that yeah. you're more in each other's lives. Like your church circle, I believe, should be your most intimate circle. And if you have more intimate circles outside of that, uh, I, I really challenge you to rethink your allegiances and your right. your alliances. Right. Um and put a little bit more effort in your covenant community.
2: Jesus got kind of hard on the folks who uh, did not give water to drink when somebody's Mm -hmm. thirsty, who Mm -hmm. did not feed them, who did not clothe them, and all those things. And we know the people said, when did we do that? Or when did we fail to do that? Right. And Jesus said, we know what he said. uh, Mm -hmm. Inasmuch as as you have not done it unto one of the least of these, my Mm -hmm. brethren, you have not Not done done it unto me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the one thing that most people don't get. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm talking about the Christian church, is they're looking for the big ways to serve God. Yeah, yeah. You know, Going on the, a mission the, the trip. trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. know yeah. the big things. Yeah. But I think Jesus is looking for the little things. Yeah. And we serve Him when we serve one another. Amen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and we we totally miss that. Yeah. But you know, um, someone who just rolls up to a widow's house and and cleans out our gutter or mows our grass or whatever, uh, he may not even realize that in doing so, he is serving God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You know? Amen. But he is. Yep. And, and, and Jesus recognizes that. And you talk about a cup of water. He said, You can't even give a cup of water in my name without receiving a reward. And That's right. He, he's, he's very much engaged, mm-hmm. not just in the big uh, yearly mission trip in the everyday small things that we do Amen. in service. Amen. You know. And that brings to the discussion motive as
0: well. Yeah. Because if we're trying to do those things to be seen by others, right. yeah. you, know, you, Christ says, you already have your reward. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. applause of men. Don't expect any from right. the Father. Absolutely. But whenever yeah. you do those things that are hidden in secret, where you don't care to be seen, right. you just want to bless somebody and, and love and encourage. Your Father in Heaven sees those things, and He rewards those.
2: Don Whitney said <clears throat> that uh, concerning that kind of thing, that we have a, uh, I was trying to think word for word for, for how he said that. I thought I might do that. But uh, uh, our two of our greatest enemies, he said, pride and sloth, hmm. uh, yeah. hate the word serve yeah. because they're looking for some way to gain some recognition and some praise for themselves. And unfortunately, I've known a a few folks like that over the years in the pastorate, that uh, you know, as long as they get praise for it, then they'll do it.
1: But haven't you also been blessed by, over the years, I've had deacons uh, especially come to mind that I didn't know what all they did. They never told you. Oh, yes. You, You would go out to a widow's house, you know, and just in conversation, then you'd find out, Deacon so-and-so was out there last week and fixed a leak for her, or mm. did some plumbing. He didn't toot his horn. He didn't call the rest of the deacons and say, hey, I just went over there and did. You know, he just did it. And, yeah. and some of the meekest and, uh, and, and most servant-minded people uh, that I've ever known, you would have never known mm. what they did.
0: Praise the Lord. You
1: know, they didn't wave a flag. <laughs> they didn't toot a horn. They just, in their everyday life, went out and served.
2: One of the uh, fellows who lived close to the church at Pleasant Hill—I and I won't call his name. You might know him, and it really wouldn't matter. But uh, he came one day when I gave an invitation, and he—he uh, he was had tears flowing down his face, and he said, "The Lord has convicted me this morning that that I have done a lot in the church, and I've helped a lot of people. But he said, I sure have enjoyed." <laughs> Mm. Uh, the praise for it too and he Mm. said i i feel like i've that's
1: been sin in my life Mm. yeah Uh, because he said i I wanted that Mm. yeah it's easy it's easy for all of us to be men pleasers yeah you know and and like the the comments you know um and social media has so intensified (sighs) that Has you know we 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 put a, a post or a tweet out there and we want to come back in an hour and see how many people' liked it you yeah, know, yeah. or how much affirmation we get from yeah, it yeah. Mm-hmm. uh and we can all we can all uh fall into that trap mm-hmm. you know? and then yeah. um, get depressed whenever <laughs> well, you yeah, don't get the yeah, the yeah, response you're looking yeah, for yeah. right
0: that's how you know that that rules you it does yeah yeah um so serve your community serve your serve your brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, and then there's uh, the larger church service uh, as part of like the auspices of the church and the ministries that are going on uh, week by week. There, are, um, I right. think of a million things to do. Right. Um, one of the main things is serving in the nursery. Yeah. I know yeah. every church I talk to, they yeah. they struggle getting right. people to hold babies.
1: Um, yeah, we just had this conversation uh, recently um, when I came here. The most uh, devoted workers we had were in the preschool department. We had a host of ladies. This is no, this is no lie. One lady had kept the three-year-old class for sixty years, and she kind of retired, and they gave her a certificate for sixty years. Mm-hmm. And then she turned around and she served for another four or five years till she passed away. Mm-hmm. I mean, just you never had to wonder who's going to take care of the three-year-olds. That's today? right. You know, and so I had ladies down there. It was 40 years, and 50 years, and 60 years. They've been doing that same thing, mm-hmm. um, but now it's difficult to find people yes, who is. want to do it one Sunday a month or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. So th- these were people that saw it as as a calling and a need mm-hmm. and and a passion. And they love kids and they love <laughs> to be down there. Um, but uh, you know, when when David said, "I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God." Mm. Uh, it, it doesn't matter if you're the custodian or if you're the senior pastor, uh, we're all serving the same master and we're all on the same team and it's all vitally necessary and important. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so your Sunday school teachers, um, my goodness, how, what a, what a blessing these people are who spend, uh, their weeks preparing for a lesson to teach, uh, to be, you don't have to worry that, that you're going to mm-hmm. be there and they're going to teach mm-hmm. and, and your nursery workers and your your sound and audio people. All these committees all these, that we have, too. All this stuff that they put in time. Yeah. You know, mm. you get frustrated sometimes as a pastor. Uh, you, you show up and, you know, two or three people out of the committee didn't show up and you don't have a quorum or whatever. And you can get it. Little... But then you got to back up and realize, okay, they're not getting paid to do this. Mm. This is not their job. Right. They're doing this on top of yeah. working yeah. Oh, yeah. 50, 60 hours a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then coming two or three nights a week to serve on a personnel committee to deal with something, um, we we got to be gracious, yes, we you do. know. But the yes, and that's the thing about pastoral ministry is it's you're working with an all volunteer, you know, staff uh, primarily, and and so you uh, you got to exercise a lot of grace. But I think we'd go a lot better if we if they knew how much we appreciated them yeah, and, and they were affirmed. Uh, a lot more rather than guilty or, or beaten down, mm-hmm. and they get get affirmed
2: a lot of times by folks that, and they never know about it. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, so many of those preschool workers and nursery workers and all that mm-hmm. that, uh, who have grown up now and they're in the church as adults and their own families and so forth, they they praise those people who yes. have spent those years right. sure. doing exactly what you're talking about, yeah. and uh, they are serving. Mm-hmm. They're, they're really serving.
0: Yeah. I like to see service and discipleship come together.
1: Right. Especially dude. when you see someone. Uh, well, who, I would say this the church never, in, in my experience, never grows closer together to one another than they do when they serve. Serve together. That's yeah. True. You know, this past year we, we had three or four opportunities where we did uh, drive through have, food boxes. Yeah. yeah. And so that means a whole week of prep. And so the hallway is full of church members packing boxes. Opening up stuff, and they're they're talking to one another. Mm-hmm. They're building relationships. Some of them they've never been around before, you know, different age bracket, different Sunday school class. Mm-hmm. But now they're serving together, and uh, and boy, it'll strengthen the oh, body of amen. Christ. Amen. Sure. we miss a lot when we don't serve. Right.
0: That's right. But. Yeah, and then when we have an opportunity to serve in a regular capacity and we bring someone lesser matured in the faith along yeah. with us oh, yeah. and show them the ropes, teach them how to do
1: it yeah. and to be a blessing. And a blessing to see the whole family serve together. Yes, yes, yes. it you is. Know, you got, you got multi-generations. We, we had families that had, the, you had the grandparents pocket packing boxes and the parents and then you had the teenage kids and their packing boxes. So the whole family mm-hmm. is yeah. engaged and, um, and they're seeing it modeled. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's, that's yeah. such important. Amen. And uh,
0: this final area of service is within the home, your family, your, your spouse in particular. Boy, yeah, and uh, I'm always reminded of this text in Ephesians 5, that husbands are to love their wives as yeah. Christ loved the church. He gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing uh, of the water by the word. He yeah. laid down his life in the most self-sacrificial act for his bride. And he now commands husbands to have that same kind of demeanor um, to live in a self-sacrificial manner and serve our wives. Yeah. Um, Wow. One of the most convicting passages. It is. Mm -hmm.
1: Without question, most all marriage counseling would be unnecessary if you had two people who really served yeah. the other? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever the little issues are, man, they melt away mm-hmm. when you see someone sacrificially serving you. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we so romanticize everything and, and we think that, uh, that the marriage relationship is, is all about that. But the real heart of the issue is serving one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so um, a husband can demonstrate love to his wife. By uh, by her coming home and he's doing the dishes, yeah, yeah, or or he's he's vacuuming or he's doing that. That sounds that sounds stupid, but that's romantic mm-hmm. and that's love. Yeah. It, it's you're serving yep. and you're you're doing that. I know for, for Janie and myself, one of the one of the periods of time that we went through was when she was dealing with colon cancer, and um, and so there was a period of time for about six weeks that she came home with a tube coming out of her kidney out of her back into a drain bag and she'd already had all this major surgery and all this stuff and so that bag would fill up in the middle of the night well there's two options here either she's got to get up mm-hmm. and she's you know had this major surgery you know or I can get up mm-hmm. and I can drain this bag of urine mm-hmm. so that my wife can continue to rest mm-hmm. yeah and of course that's no brainer. What do you do? You love that's your right. wife. So you yeah. get up and do that. But she would tell you that she never felt more loved
0: hmm.
1: than when I, when, I, when I would you do that. that. Yeah. You know, and, sure. and so it's the service,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, when you love another person that you're willing to put your interest aside, your what and you're just serving them. And so I, I say, you know, whether that's in the husband and the wife or that's with the kids or whatever, really serving one another well yeah. would would bring a lot of harmony Amen. into the home. It's an
0: expression of love, and yeah. love covers a multitude it of does. sins. It does, yeah. But you've got to be intentional, because if you're not intentional, you'll default to the old man yeah. who serves himself, right. and you'll go and get ice cream for the family, and on your way to handing it over to the wife and kids, you're weighing to see which bowl has the most, and you can give them <laughs> the one that has the least, right? Like That's, that's, the, that's the selfish uh, right. man. Yeah. That's the selfish T.J., right. Who would give me more yeah. ice cream than my wife? Yeah. Well, she's kind of lactose intolerant, so I need <laughs> I need the most anyway, right? Uh-huh. Uh, but seriously, when you're intentional, uh, those thoughts you're able to defeat, right. and you're able to then and make you saw that in, a, in a culture
1: where I guarantee you probably your mom and dad, who was the last one to eat, the mom, mom. Yeah. yeah, she made sure that her husband yeah. and her kids. Everybody got theirs, everybody got to yeah. eat, and the, the, she would be the last one. And that's that servant heart, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. Absolutely. It's, that's Amen. great.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I think we covered uh, some practical things. How about uh, a few, uh, looking at Romans 12, uh, Pastor Glenn, you brought out that text and uh, 1 Corinthians 12, where uh, we're not just left to serve on our own uh, strength uh, with the abilities that we have with our natural bodies, God gives us his Holy Spirit who enables us uh, to serve one another, our community, the church, uh, in some particular ways, uh, some ways that we couldn't do without the Spirit. And we call these the spiritual gifts and gifts of the Spirit. And uh, Romans twelve six, Paul says, according to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. And then he begins to list them. Um, There's diversity, but unity in the diversity as the Holy Spirit has, although you have a certain set of giftings and equippings by the Spirit and you do and I do, it's the same Spirit that empowers each of us to work according to those gifts for the purpose of the building up of the body that we might be one, because how lame would it be if we all were the same thing? But we'd be ineffective, uh, not able to be productive for the kingdom, and we wouldn't see the beauty and the diversity of a powerful God who's able to overcome whatever differences we might have and bring us to work together. The uh, spiritual gifts are such a a beautiful uh, thing that have been an occasion for division, all the way back to the Corinthian church. Right. That's one of the reasons why that letter was written. Even to today, uh, where we fight over right. uh, some understandings of the spiritual yeah. gifts. So how how do spiritual gifts and spiritual disciplines uh, relate? I'm just going to kind of leave that there for thought and uh, discussion.
1: Basically, and you want to?
0: Spiritual gifts. How, how and... do the spiritual gifts relate to these spiritual disciplines especially service
2: well the lord working in our lives should move us to want to fulfill what those uh, disciplines mean yeah. and uh, to discipline or train
1: ourselves mm-hmm. yeah train ourselves uh, toward godliness and uh, yeah you mentioned the church at corinth uh, the church at corinth the problem was they they were all seeking the the gifts that that drew the attention to themselves. Um, and, mm-hmm. and so when you think about the spiritual gifts, um, first of all, they, they all come from the same giver. Yeah. We should desire the giver more than the yes, gifts. We should. You know. Yeah. Yep. And then that giver, uh, he gives accordingly. According to his will, uh, he, he gifts us with certain spiritual gifts. Now, those spiritual gifts are never to be used to draw attention to the to the one using them therefore the edifying and the building up of the body of Christ and so as you said there is diversity mm-hmm. of gifts but there is the unity of um, of the of the body of Christ and they're all for the common good mm-hmm. that's right and so I think that you know a lot of times we just talk about tongues or, or the sign gifts or whatever and and say well you know those can be abused any spiritual gift can be abused yeah yeah Anytime I'm using a spiritual gift uh, without an understanding of, of the purpose of it, for, it for, for the common good, and I'm using it to somehow be praised, as we've talked about, mm-hmm. or get attention, then I am misusing a spiritual gift that God has given to me. That's right. Whatever it might be. Yeah. And I see a lot of these gifts kind of parallel the
0: disciplines. Yeah. And, when, and as you were saying, Pastor Glenn, when, it, when we see these gifts present, and, and we have the disciplines that God has commanded us, it should motivate us to want to exercise them and fulfill them. Like service, there's a spiritual gift of right, service right. To, uh, to execute uh, the discipline of serving, uh, of, of teaching and exhortation, right. which come out of
1: our Bible intake. And yeah. the, only, the only caution I would say there is, some people then would say, well, I don't have the spiritual gift of serving, <laughs> so therefore I don't need to serve. Everyone is to serve. That's right. That's right. You know, it's like with giving. Everyone's to give. Some people have an extra measure of that gift, according to the grace given to us. But but there are the spiritual disciplines that every believer is to engage in. (laughs) Absolutely. and, And serving being one of those. So you can't sit back and say, well, Uh, witnessing. I don't have the spiritual gift of faith or sharing. Most people got that from a survey that they took, which are bogus. I
0: I really don't like those. Um, I I like to think of the spirit who continues to enable us is as mysterious as he was when he came and changed our hearts. He's like the wind. You don't know where he's coming Uh, or where he's going. We we
1: went through this on Wednesday nights in, in the, in our study in Colossians. And I think there's two things that, that, that are a misnomer, first of all, that this is an exhaustive list. I don't That's think right. this is an exhaustive no, no, list. No, no, No word does all. it indicate that no. these are the, but when you, you do those uh, inventories, you've got to check off these 12 things or these. No word does it say these are all the gifts. The Spirit can give whatever the Spirit yeah. wants to give. Yeah. And take away. And take away. <laughs> and, and we talked about that when we went through this. You might have early on in your spiritual life, the spiritual gift of, of one thing that the Spirit's given to you and a different season in your life, mm-hmm. he totally gives you a different spiritual. It mm-hmm. doesn't say you get that one for the rest of your life. That's right. No That's right. that, word does it
2: say or that. Or that one only.
1: Or that yeah. one only, yeah. right. He, he can add to, take yeah. away, change yeah. uh, throughout the season of your life if you have different uh, purposes and opportunities to use those but those those inventories that you take locks you in to okay well then i i could never serve on that committee because i don't have that spiritual gift well that that's not you know that's not true that's right. uh, there, there's there's again there's it's not rigid and concrete it's as fluid as as being filled with the spirit every day he equips you every day exactly. for what you're going to need that day amen amen
0: Anything else you guys wanted to bring out of our uh, good spiritual discipline? It was was a great
1: message. I appreciate it. I'm really loving the the series. I think our people are. Yeah, Uh, we we've seen um, good attendance and um, uh, good participation. I I look forward to uh, to us continuing the next few weeks, and then I really look forward to all of us being on a panel Mm -hmm. uh, on the last uh, last Sunday night of. Answer some questions. Well, answering some questions and, and then just dialoguing about w- what we've learned as we walk through the spiritual yeah. disciplines.
0: Yep, yeah. I've learned a lot, been challenged. Yeah. Um, it's definitely been a joy. Uh, thank you again, Pastor Glenn, for joining us and everyone listening. Remember, serve one another in love. Until next time.